Thank you for joining us for the Local Church Podcast. At Local Church, we value each person's unique experience with faith and hope this message impacts you today. Well, hello everyone and welcome to church. It is great to have you joining us online for our online campus. And uh, we have just kind of finished this series, Compelling Christianity. And today I'm excited to preach. I'm not preaching on that series. We've just finished it. I know that Tyler did a great job last week. But today I am sharing a message that I realized the other day I had never actually shared in our church. And, you know, preachers like they go and preach and they're like, this is my life message you know it's that message that they go to conferences with and it's kind of cheesy saying that but i genuinely believe that for myself this is a life message and i'm really really praying that it is going to bless you all today so if you have got your bible would you turn with me to ephesians the book of ephesians 2 verse 10 it simply says this for we are god's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Let's pray and get into this message today. God, we just thank you for this opportunity to gather together um, no matter where we are. It's pretty amazing that we can gather, whether it be in our homes or in our workplace, or perhaps it's on a podcast while they're out there running with the soulmates, whatever it might be. God, we just thank you for this online campus and the opportunity that we have to come and to hear your word and uh, to go deeper in you. And Lord, we just pray, I just pray today that you would bless every person who is a part of this service, that you would speak to us today. Holy Spirit, we thank you, Jesus, and every person said, Amen. Amen. Um, I have always visualized life. I'm a very visual person. I've always visualized life as being like a canvas uh, that we get to paint, that is waiting to be painted. Um, for those of you who don't know, my study was in art. That's what I did. I, uh, I got into med school then decided to stay in the city that we were living in. And so then I went to law school, hated my first year of law and ended up in art school. And so uh, that is kind of my study. That's what I love doing. And so being a visual person, I've always imagined this life kind of like being an art piece waiting to be painted. Lives where we say, God, uh, let me walk in your plans and your ways and live the kind of life that you have called us to live, that you've called me to live. And so my prayer today is that you would simply be thoughtful about the picture that you are painting with your life. Like I said, um, I'm an artist, that's what I do. I'm, I, I've been a, both an artist and a painter, sorry, a, paint, a painter and a pastor for a very, very long time. I loved studying art. I went to a very strange art school full of really unique people and I really loved it. But one of the things I love about being an artist is this thing called a commission, a commissioned art piece. They're pretty awesome, 
basically someone approaches you and says, hey, I would really love for you to do a piece for me. And pretty much you are paid before the art piece is even done. It's kind of like, hey, I've got this money, I'm going to give it to you and I would love for you to do an art piece for me. It's a commissioned art piece. And I will never forget, when I was young, I must have been, I think I must have been about 18 or 19, and I got my very first commissioned art piece, and it was awesome. I had basically put up a picture, a bunch of paintings actually, at a local cafe, and one of the pieces had sold. And the next day, a woman got in touch with me and said, hey, I went in to go and buy that piece. Uh, I loved it, but it sold, and I'm wondering if I can commission you to do the exact same piece. So she wanted to pay me to do the piece that I'd already done. And so I was like, that's great. I can, of course I can do that. Uh, I got paid for it before I even did it. And it was very specific. Why was it specific? Because I knew exactly what it was that she wanted. In fact, I had a photo of the piece that I had done. And so I was literally able to just take that photo as my blueprint and redo that commissioned art piece. It was pretty awesome. But my second commissioned art piece, not so awesome. My second commissioned art piece, a woman approached me and, and said, hey, I'd kind of like this picture of a woman uh, in my room and like, I'm just thinking you could do it and it would look amazing and be inspiring for me. And I was like, okay, great, sounds awesome. So me kind of being like arty, you know, I did an arty kind of picture of this woman. And I took it to her, I was really proud of it, really proud to have my name on it. And it was one of the worst, most awkward meetings ever. <laughs> because I sat down and I, you know, did the great reveal of this art piece, which I loved, I loved this art piece. And she sat there and she was like, oh, oh okay, okay. And I was like, you know, do, do you like it? And she's like, oh, actually, this isn't really kind of what I had in mind. You know, um, I kind of didn't want like a non-perfect picture of like a woman. I kind of wanted like something more, you know, and basically what she was telling me was she wanted it like a photoshopped picture that she could like look at and aspire to kind of, you know, each to their own. And, uh, and this was not that. And so I went away and I took the piece with me and I'll never forget painting over this beautiful piece that I just loved and redoing it in the style uh, that this woman had wanted. And it was awful, like I, I did not like it, it wasn't my style, it was very, it was an airbrushed picture basically. And uh, I took it to her and she was like, oh this is exactly what I wanted, thank you so much. And the truth was, was that with these two commissioned art pieces, two very different approaches led to two very different outcomes. One, I knew exactly what they wanted. The first one, I knew exactly what they wanted. It was very specific. The second one, I kind of had like an idea of what they wanted, but I wasn't that sure, you know, it was kind of like a free-for-all. And two very different approaches led to two very different outcomes. The first, both of us were 
thrilled. We were both very happy. The second, I was left unhappy, she was unhappy, then she was unhappy. It was just, it, it didn't work. There was a miscommunication. And let me read it again, Ephesians 2 verse 10, our scripture today, a scripture that I am often coming back to in those moments where you're just unsure, in those moments where you're thinking about your future, in those moments where you're questioning your value, when you're questioning your calling, when you're wondering if God has got something for you, I come back to the scripture, such an encouraging, powerful scripture, Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece you and me we are god's masterpiece he has created us anew in christ jesus so we can do the things the good things he planned for us long ago my thought for you and i today is not even just that we are god's masterpiece that our lives could be god's masterpiece my thought for you is to consider this thought which is we are actually God's commissioned art piece. We are his commissioned art piece, why? Because we have been paid for even before the painting has been finished. There has been a great price paid for our lives so that we can become, you and I, become the masterpiece that God has called us to be. We are God's great commission. But here is the problem. Here's the problem. We have a choice whether or not we will become God's masterpiece. Because there is this thing in the world called free will. We get to choose whether we're going to walk in God's way or whether we're going to go our own way. We get to choose whether we're going to walk into the will that God has for us or whether we're going to listen to the will that we have, the human will, and decide that we know best and go our own way. Almost take back the paintbrush of life and say, you know what, I'm actually going to paint my own picture. We have a choice with that. We get to choose whether we are God's masterpiece. God has a will for us and we have a will for us. There are two roads that we can walk. Two roads, two ways, two wills and two ways. How do we know this? Hebrews 10 verse 7 says, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. Not my will be done, but your will, O Lord. Your will, O God. There are two ways. We know this. Matthew 7 13 to 14 says this, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate. Wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to what? It leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. The message translation of this scripture has me all wound up. It says this, don't look for shortcuts to God. In other, in other words, don't try and find your own way on this path. Don't think to yourself, man, that narrow road, that way, that will, that kind of masterpiece life, that looks great, except, you know what, I'm going to try and find a shortcut. The shortcut, in other words, is the wide road. We think, oh, that wide road, that looks good. It looks like I'm going to get there quick. But it says, don't look for shortcuts 
to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. And then it says, don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life, to God, requires our total attention. Why? Because when you're walking, it, it can be easy to just say, you know what, I'm just going to go my own way. It can be easy to just say, you know, I just am not feeling it today. I'm not feeling that kind of sacrifice of the Christian life. I'm not feeling having to do this thing that God has asked of me. You know what, I'm just kind of going to head off over here. And all of a sudden you find yourself on this wide road painting your own picture of your life because you took your attention away from what? Away from Jesus Christ. The word says, fix your eyes. Fix your eyes on Christ. This is the way to God requires our total attention. You know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say kind of some of your attention. It doesn't even say like, you know, like most of your attention, but you know, whatever with the other little part. It says it requires our total attention. Again, when you picture walking on a narrow road, walking this road that God has called us to walk on in order to become the masterpiece life that he has called us into, man, I don't know about you, but when I go hiking or anything like that, and it's a small road, it requires my total attention. When I'm on a wide road in the middle of the forest, it's kind of like, cool, I'm, you know, I'm walking around and whatever. I'm kind of off and doing my own thing. But when it's a narrow road and there are tricky parts, it requires your total attention. Guess what? In order to live the life that God has called us to live, it requires our total attention. Ensuring that the foxes don't get in, ensuring that sin doesn't just find its way into our lives and become a normal part of what we do. It requires our total attention so that we can do the things he planned for us long ago. Now, what I'm not saying about this, about this message, about God's will and his way, I'm not necessarily saying that to stick to God's plan and to walk in his plan is like, you must, um, you must live here. You must have this career. You can only marry this one person. And if you didn't meet her at the airport that day, then it's all done for you. It's all over. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily, that's not what I'm trying to communicate. But what I do believe is that there is a way in which we are supposed to walk. There is a way in which we are supposed to live our lives. There is a way that we are supposed to follow. And that is the way of Jesus. That is the way of Christ. It's his road. It's his way. It's the narrow road to life. And our lives are certainly going to paint a picture. But we choose whether or not it will be a masterpiece, a life surrendered to God, or whether it will simply be another picture. You know, I'm even thoughtful of that movie, Tenet, where someone has forged a, a painting that is just so like the real thing that many people believe that it, it is. That it's the, it is the masterpiece. It is the one that is created by the master, and yet it is a forgery. When you look at it up close, you know, no, that's not it. You know, I, I often think to myself, am I trying to forge my life? Am I, the, am I trying to create a forgery and saying, you know what, I'm kind of doing it pretty much, 
But you know, I don't need to give it my full attention. I don't need to hand my life over to God in order for him to paint it. I could do my own thing. Are we going to live the kind of lives where it's handed over to God and he is able to be the master of our lives? Or are we going to attempt like many people do to create a forgery of the masterpiece? Today, I've just got two thoughts, two key points for all of us, two valuable lessons that I learned from these very first commission art pieces that I did so many years ago. My first commission, like I said, was very specific. My second, I had a loose idea, but not a specific idea. Two very different approaches led to two very different outcomes. And this is what I learned. And here's my first point for all of us today. My first key thought is this. We must ask God, what is it that you want? We must ask God, God, what is it that you want? What is it that you want from my life? You see, with that first commission, a second commission art piece, I didn't really ask. I kind of had an idea, but I didn't get specific with it. I didn't really ask the person what it was that they wanted. And you know what? There are too many people living this life today asking themselves, what do I want? What do I want from life? Versus being a Christian, you and I being a Christian and actually saying, God, what is it that you want for my life? Knowing that the Father is good, His Father's heart is towards us, that He wants to give us the desires of our heart. And I do believe that on the inside of us, you know, God has given us the keys and the tools to understand the gifts that God has placed in our lives. But so often we can get it wrong. So often we can look at um, other people or other things and we can be misled but we need to come back to God it's that partnership approach where we come to him and we say God what is it that you want from my life and guess what it's going to ring true with what he's placed on the inside of you we don't need to fear and worry that this one thing that we really 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 hate is what God has called us to do we need to trust that he is a good God, that he is a good father, and that he is going to be with us every step of the way. And yes, it's not always going to be pretty. Sometimes it's going to be challenging. Sometimes you're going to want to give up. Sometimes you might find yourself saying, man, this whole plan of God thing kind of is really hard and I don't want to do it anymore. We all have moments like that. Life is not perfect. Life is not always butterflies and green grass and running through the fields singing, you know, songs of sound of music. That's not what it's like. But we must trust God and approach our good father and say, what is it? What is the mark that you want to leave on this world using my life? And the best way that I can um, kind of illustrate this for you is literally to draw it. What I'm going to do right now is kind of a picture of what we uh, have a tendency to sometimes do in our lives. When we don't trust God, when we don't approach him and say, what is it that you want from, our, from my life, from our lives? We can take the paintbrush, let's just call this Sharpie a paintbrush. We can take this paintbrush of life and start to attempt to do this thing on our own. And when we do it on our own, it, the whole thing falls over. For the sake of the picture, let's do a face so that you can well and truly see yourself in this. When we approach life without asking God the question, what is it that you want from my life? This is kind of how it ends up. 
We say, you know, I kind of know what I need to do. Like, okay, I need to paint, you know, a picture of a face. Well, let's start off with a head. Beautiful. It's gorgeous. What a lovely face shape. Then, you know, you can put on a neck. Kind of looks like it's like leaning back like this, you know. So far, it could still end up kind of good. And then you're like, you know, I just, I kind of feel like God's calling me here. But you know what? I'm go I actually feel like I'm going to do this thing because I think, I think I'm pretty good at this thing I, called life. I think I know how to plan my life. And so then you're like, okay, let's do the eyes, you know, like, great, beautiful, just gorgeous. And then you're like, you know, okay, I kind of feel like God's calling me to this, but you know what? I actually feel like he's calling me here. And this is us. It seems funny, but this is literally what we do with our lives. We attempt to take the canvas of our lives and think, you know what? Look at me. I'm such a good painter. And we start to take over and not trust God with our life. That, that is a mouth. That's a mouth. And not trust God and say, God, I trust you with my life. And this is kind of what we end up with. And we're like, yeah, no, it's good. It's awesome. You know, like some eyelashes, an ear. Let's give it a little, like, beautiful earring. Voila. Wow. Awesome. Masterpiece. Gorgeous. And, you know, if we imagine at the end of our lives, we're walking through like a hallway of all of the lives and they're painted in a picture. You get to this one, you're like, hmm, okay. All right. This person thought they could do it themselves. This person did not surrender their life. This person in no way followed any kind of blueprint in order to make sure that their life became the masterpiece that God had called it to be. But then you can hand your life over to God. And the crazy thing you need to know about a face, I'm sure many of you learned this in high school, is that there is actually a blueprint to a face. There is a way in which no matter who you are, no matter what you've come from, no matter what your background, no matter what your story or family of origin is, no matter what trauma you have gone through in your life, there is actually a blueprint as to how anyone can draw a face. And so you start off and you do, you know, let's just do a kind of circle. Hopefully you can see that on the camera. I don't even know. I'm hoping you can. There is actually a better, here we go. Let's go, let's go with this deep black, just in case. There is a blueprint that you can follow. And that is this. You take a face, and let's just do a little through the middle. And then you go right through the middle again, not too far up, not too far down. You just go through the middle. And then you take this part here, and you do through the middle again. Then you take this part here, and you go through the middle again. From here, you take a line, and you take a line just on those little edges. You follow this line, and you take a line, and you take a line, and you follow that. Right now, you have got the makings of just a basic face. 
You can now take this line and you divide it into five. Five pieces. Well, let's do it go more like there. Uh, yeah. Divide it into five. And you take this and you add your eye. And that fifth. And then you take this and you do another eye. And this fifth. All of a sudden you've got your eye and you're thinking, wait, wait, that's, those eyes are too far down. No, 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 that's the mistake everybody makes. Then you take this line and you've got the bottom of the nose. And let's give the nose a bit more thing, because like, you know, no one's got to, let's just like add to it. And you take the nose. You perhaps add some ridging there. Voila. Then you go over here and you go from the middle of the eyes to the bottom of the nose. And that is where the ears go. That next line that you've done in the middle is the middle of the lips. This is just an art course for everybody today. It is the middle of the lips. And so you just kind of do the middle of the lips, which is never just like a line. And then from there, you can do the top of your lips. And then you can add the bottom of your lips. From there, I tend to make sure that I go top heavy with the eyes and leave a little, you know, bit in the middle there, at the bottom there, sorry. And then you throw in the, you know, little black dots. Beauty. Then, you know, you chuck in the older eyebrows. Everybody needs eyebrows. Perhaps some eyelids, some more eyebrows, eyebrows are never the same, so don't ever worry about that. And then you're like, that's an almighty forehead, that's a five head that you've got going on there. But once you kind of start to add the hair, you're like, oh, okay, no, I get it now. Let's, do, let's give, is it a boy or is it a girl? Who knows, we need to decide. Let's, let's make it a, let's make it a girl. We can add eyelashes just to be sure. Chuck on an, a neck, you kind of start to define the face a little bit. Start to define the face. Chuck in a good old neck, chuck in some more hair. Now, don't expect a masterpiece using just, you know, a few minutes because that's never going to happen. But, this is something, anybody, let's, her hair is far too big, but it's alright. Let's give her some lovely eyelashes. Oh, she's beautiful. Look at her, lovely. And then you could like, you know, get in some cheekbones, the whole thing, get in a bit of, you know, bit of shadow, bit of shadow there, oh, bit of shadow in here, bit of shadow there. Oh. At this point, I'm just chucking stuff anywhere.
Lovely. Just because eyebrows are cool, let's give her really intense eyebrows. My point for this is that you and I actually have a blueprint for our lives as well. Doesn't matter where you've come from, what you've known, there is a blueprint that we can follow in order to live the kind of life that God has called us to live. And the blueprint, my friends, is the Word of God. The Word of God gives us the blueprint as to how to walk the way of Jesus so that we don't stumble around kind of just trying to make it happen and, and saying, you know what, I kind of know how to do this thing. But we actually go, God, how do I live? Where, how do I divide up a face? How do I live my life no matter what my situation is? And he gives us his word so that God can be the artist of our lives. And can I just encourage you that God is a way better painter than you. God is so much better at helping you to live the kind of life that he's called you into, to live your best life than you are at trying to make it happen. We need to trust him. His blueprint for us is found in these pages. We can read his word and figure out exactly how we should be navigating, making decisions, living as parents, how we should be a good husband or a good wife, whatever it might be, a good employee, a good employer. We can look at this word and say, God, I'm not going to try and take the paintbrush and create something for myself. I'm not just going to continually listen to podcast after podcast or read book after book and start to figure out my own way of doing things. No, I'm going to look at your word. I'm going to look at the way that Jesus lived. I'm going to follow the way of Christ and say, what is the blueprint for my life? Show me God, show me how to live. And he is good enough to give us an entire book to look and read and see how it is that we can live that life. And it requires trust. And I want to tangent just, just really quickly, because there are some things uh, that you and I must know about God's plan. Because I feel like there are people being like, oh, I don't know, I just don't know. You know, I don't know what he's saying. Don't know, all of these kind of things. But when I read my Bible, this is what I read. First of all, I know that God has a plan. Crazy. God has a plan for you and for me. We all know the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. Here's another thought that is going to help us to trust God. Here's another thought that is going to help us to perhaps get rid of some of those lies that we think of when it comes to living a life dedicated to God. And that is this, God wants you to know the next step. Wait, what? It's crazy. God wants you to know the next step. Psalm 32 verse 8 says this, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So, and this is what he said, so don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn 
when I take you where you've not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. He's standing there going, you're doing a bad job. Come with me. I will help you. I will guide you. God wants you to know the next step. Uh, the next thing we need to know is that his plan is specific. Isaiah 30, 21 says this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Not you'll hear a voice behind you saying, oh, I don't know. Not a voice behind you saying, oh, you know, I'm not sure actually, I don't know where that path leads, so you, you, you decide. You will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Some of us need to hear this truth today, and that is that his plan is continuous. Isaiah 58 11 says this, the Lord will guide you always, always. Our plan is nothing compared to his and he will always guide you. It doesn't say he will guide you when you've been a good Christian. It doesn't say the Lord will guide you when you've ensured that you've done all of the things that your pastor said to do last week. It doesn't say that the Lord will guide you when you've sat in prayer for five hours every day. It says the Lord will guide you always. His plan is continuous. Our mark that we could fumble about making is nothing compared to the mark that he has destined us to make. I, I love the scripture, Jeremiah 10, 23 in the message. It's brutal. It's brutal, like, oh, like a stab wound, but it's, it's, it's good, like a non-stab wound. <laughs> it says, I know, God, that mere mortals can't run their own lives that men and women don't have what it takes to take charge of their life. We are incapable of planning our own lives a bunch of the time. The second uh, thought for you today, the second key, the second uh, question, I guess, we need to be asking ourselves is this, what price am I willing to pay? What price am I willing to pay? With a commissioned art piece, you always say to the person, how much are you willing to pay? You don't just go into it kind of going, yeah, I'm gonna do this amazing piece for you and it's great and then you give it to them and you know, the, the, what they get is a lot better than what you know, you, they kind of paid for. I wanna say this, how much someone is willing to pay will determine the value of what they receive. When it comes to a commission art piece, how much someone is willing to pay will determine the value of what they receive. Now, I know this. Christ was willing to pay a whole lot. But the question for you and I is what are we willing to pay? I'll never forget this um, illustration of a mum. She was driving through the English countryside. It's beautiful there. And uh, she saw a circus in the distance and her son said, mum, mum, can we go to the circus? And she said, let's, let's drive over and see how much the seats are. And so she pulls in and they walk in and she says, hey, I wanna know how much is it for the gold seats? I mean, the best seats in the house. And the man said, you know, for those seats, it's $500 per person. She's like, oh, you know what? That's, that's a bit much. 
honey, like, you know, I'm not here ready to spend a thousand dollars on you and I going to the circus. And she said, okay, well, let's just put aside the gold seats. What about these seats? Kind of like you can still see some things and it's still all good. You can kind of still smell what's going on, you know? And she said, how much is it for these seats? He said, well, those seats are $300 per person. She's like, mm, 600 for the, for the two of us. Still, still probably not what I'm willing to pay. So she starts moving back and she's like, okay, well, you know, I'm kind of behind a whole lot of things now. Can't really see stuff. But, you know, how much are these seats? Well, what are these seats going to cost? And she's, the guy's like, oh, those seats, yeah, they're, they're $200 per person. You know what? Still a little too much. And so, moves back a little bit more. She's like, hey, how much are these seats? What about these ones? And the guy's like, oh, those are $100. And she's like, okay, that's what I'm willing to pay. Now here's the thing, is that so many of us, because of our unwillingness to pay a price, because we say, you know what, my life is mine, it's not God's, I don't want to kind of hand it over, I don't want to pay the price, you know, in order to sit in those seats and, and to kind of live that life that God has called me to live. And so you know what we do? We settle. We settle back here and so many of us are willing to settle for the cheap seats of our own lives because we're just not willing to pay a price. So many of us look at people in our world and uh, look at people doing significant things and maybe even doing things that we really have on our hearts to do. Maybe it's write a book or whatever it might be, but we're not willing to pay the price. We're not willing to say, God, my life is not my own. What are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice your comfort, your time, your attitude, your opinions, giving up time to actually spend time in your Bible, giving up those podcasts so that you can actually listen to the word of God, going against the tide, making the sacrifice of uh, running away from sin that has just entangled you. What are you willing to sacrifice? And are you willing to say that my life is not my own? Here's a thought for you. And I know that it kind of doesn't really um, uh, do a good job of trying to really um, help us understand, but I still think it's a good question for us to ask. At the end of your life, because of your life, how many people will remember your name and how many people will remember his name? At the end of your life, because of your life, how many people will remember your name and how many people will remember his name? Mark 8, 34 to 35 says this, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself all and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Here's the thing is that following after Christ requires a cost. There is a cost of following Jesus. And so many of us, 
start trying to walk this walk without that deep understanding and without that surrendered heart saying, God, you know what? There's going to be a price to this. There's going to be a cost to this. We're all just hoping that we're all going to be riding unicorns, showing peace signs and having a good time together. Guess what? This requires a cost. Living the life and becoming the masterpiece that God has called us to be requires a cost, not just the cost of Jesus and his life, but a cost for us. A cost for us saying, you know what? The way of God, the kingdom, is an upside down kingdom to this world. And in fact, when I lose my life, when I deny myself, that is when I truly gain life. That is when I start to experience contentment. That is when the wrestle on the inside of me, wanting more and always pushing forward and careerism and whatever it might be, that is when you finally find this place where you go, man, God is good and he has a plan for me. And you know what? I'm willing to surrender my life for his name. Because at the end of my life, because of my life, I will make sure I leave this earth ensuring that other people know about Jesus. Some of us have opted for the cheap seats of our own lives because the cost is just too high. When you lose your life for the cause of Christ, you gain life. You're like, wait, what? It doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense. The kingdom doesn't make sense. Most of the time, I live my life, I'm like, God, this makes no sense. And yet it does. Things start to work out. I start finding my place, myself in places where I'd only dreamed to be. I start finding myself in a community of people and with friendships and in amazing relationships with my family, which I never thought could have happened. Because I've, I'm doing my best to just follow after Jesus and say, God, I don't want to paint my own picture. I don't want to try and take the paintbrush of this life and attempt to become a master because you, God, are the master. You are the potter and I am the clay. You are the artist and I am the canvas. God, would you use my life? Would you help me? At the end of our lives, we will be remembered for something. And, uh, you know, I'm thoughtful of the Ocean's 12 movie. I love Ocean's movies. And uh, in the Ocean's 12 movie, there's this, there's this scene kind of near the end. And uh, Linus is sitting in a kind of room with, um, you know, who turns out to be his mum, by the way, but you need to watch it to understand that. But he's sitting there in this room basically being interrogated. And she says to him, you know, if you don't kind of hand these guys in and, and, you know, come forward, you're going to find yourself in a cell for years and years and years. And she says, and the world will pass you by. And she's like, things will change. People will change. And you'll come out and the whole world will be different. And then she says that she gets up and she starts to walk away and she says, uh, what, what was your name again? And he says, Linus. She goes, Linus. And she goes, see, I was already forgetting your name. And she walks away. And at my art school, the phrase, make a name for yourself, was often thrown about. But the truth is, is that we're not here to make a name for ourselves. 
We are here to make his name great. And here's the kind of last thought for you that I want to show. What do you find on the bottom corner of pretty much every art piece? You find a signature. That signature represents whoever has painted the art piece. It represents the artist. And the truth is, is that you approach this one, to be honest, I actually think this is kind of cool, <laughs> but it's like, it's hideous. But you approach this one, and let's say again, for the sake of the illustration, that at the end of our lives, there's this hall of beautiful art pieces and ugly art pieces, and they represent our lives. You can approach this and you go, whoa, man, <laughs> maybe to that. You know what it would say on the bottom? A big old Nadia. And I go, oh man, Nadia, right? Try to give it a go herself. Try to make it happen. Hey, good job. Good job, Nadia. Awful. Ugly, but you know, nice try. But then I'll approach this piece and go, okay, hey, not too bad. Man. This person seems as though they lived by a blueprint. There's integrity in their lives. There's goodness in their lives. There's beauty found in their lives. And they left a legacy. They left something that their kids could look to and do their best to live that same kind of life. Then, who's the artist of this picture? And when we hand over the paintbrush to God, there's only one name that's left at the bottom. And that's the name that we're supposed to be making great. It's the name that is above every other name. It's the only name that matters. And that is the name of Jesus. That when we get to the end of our lives, people will say, man, there was just something about that life. And they will look at that picture in that hall. And they'll say, man, that person they walked the way of Jesus. They followed a blueprint. And it glorifies his name. Live a life that will bring glory to God. That will lift up the name of Jesus. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us in you in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. My prayer for each and every one of us today is that we would ask God, God, what is it that you want? And we'd start to consider the price that we are willing to pay in order for our lives to become the masterpiece that God has called us to live. You know, today um, you might be watching and just saying, I don't have a relationship with God. You know what's really amazing about God? Is that it doesn't matter how long we've been attempting our own picture for it. He can just like take that art piece. Oh, let's rip it up a little bit. And just flip it around and say, you know what? Let's start here. And it's a beautiful thing. Doesn't matter what you've done, where you've come from, 
just how awful this depiction might look. God, God goes, you know what, we can just put that around. The amazing thing is he can give us a fresh start. He can kind of wipe the slate clean. And he does it because Jesus paid the price for you and me. He's paid the price for the commissioned art piece. He's saying, no worries, we'll get a fresh canvas and we'll start again. And that's the beauty about God, is that he gives us a fresh start. And we can start to walk our life that is surrendered to his way, start to dive into his word, start to get to know who he is, and really start to live that kind of life that he's called us to live. And so if that's you today and you're just saying, Nadia, I haven't been walking with Jesus. I've been painting my own picture. There is no way that I've kind of been following any kind of blueprint except for my own. If that's you today, I would love to pray a prayer with you that, first of all, gives you a fresh start, gives you a blank canvas, and then invites Jesus into your life to help you to hear that voice that says, this is the way, walk in it. No matter where you are in life, that his plan is continuous. He is with you always, not just sometimes, always. So if that's you, I'm going to pray, pray. I'm going to say a line and I want you to repeat that line. It's the salvation prayer that invites Jesus into your life. And pretty much most people who are watching today have prayed this prayer and have started on that journey of walking with Jesus. And it is a great honor to pray this prayer with you today. And it goes like this. Every person, would you just close your eyes and repeat each line with me? Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross that you died for me. And today, I ask you, would you forgive me of my sin? Would you give me a fresh start, a new canvas, and come into my life and walk with me? And I thank you that you do. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. And every person said, Amen. Amen. Hey, if that's you today and you prayed that prayer, first of all, I just want to say a huge congratulations. That sounds funny, but genuinely, it's the best decision that you could hope to make with your life, inviting the creator of the universe into your world to help you to live each day, I think is a pretty amazing decision. And I just want to say, if you made that decision today, uh, on the chat, you can press the button that says, you know, I've made that decision, I'm raising my hand and saying, yep, that's me. Press that button and one of our hosts would love to just go on the journey with you, answer any questions. We want to make sure that even though you are online, that you have got that online family. It's local online, it's still our local church, just on an online forum. And we wanna make sure that you can be discipled in the way of Christ on a daily basis. Hey, we love you church. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week. We are so glad you joined us for the Local Church Podcast. To get connected, please follow us on social media and check out our website for groups and other ways to get involved.